Todd Shepard with Delaware Valley Journal. As so much of the education has been taken out of the classroom recently and put at home, it hasn't just created some questions about how do we deliver the learning over the internet, but it's also raised some questions about how do we deliver the funding because there are funding issues behind this as well. So to talk about that, I had the chance to talk one-on-one with Representative Clint Owlett. He had an education bill that tries to address some of these very issues. All right, happy to be joined right now on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast with Representative Clint Owlett. Uh, Representative Owlett represents parts of Bradford, Potter, and Tioga counties. And I know that obviously this has been a ground-shaking week when we look at politics from the D.C. perspective. We had the debate that everyone was focused in on. The debate took up all the oxygen, quite oxygen, quite frankly, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, And then after that, there comes the, the incredible news that President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump have the coronavirus. So we actually thought it would be a good time right now on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast to maybe look at something that got overshadowed by all of that national news from D.C., and that's why we're happy to have the representative on the podcast with us. Sir, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to uh, talk to the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. Thanks for having me. So you had a bill called Back on Track. It was an education bill, um, and it, it suffered quite a curious fate this week, but it's not just an education bill because I think, uh, you know, whether you intended it or not, it, it certainly had a lot of uh, ramifications for how parents are dealing with education during the pandemic. Talk to me about, you know, just give me the, the description, you know, uh, in one or two minutes, the description of what the bill was and what you were hoping it would do. Yeah, uh, no problem. And, and this was definitely, uh, for sure, a pro uh, kids bill. Um, it was it was designed for kids. It was designed for students that are that are struggling and and maybe um, having their their pathway to success through education um, interrupted a little bit uh, during COVID nineteen. Uh, what we realized was back in the spring, you you can't really just press pause on education in the middle of a year and not expect there to be some some challenges for for students and. Um, and we started hearing about that. So the the question was brought up: How do we help these students that um, might be struggling through um, this interruption in education? And what is the most efficient and effective way to do that? And that was the question that was before us. And um, we realized quickly that not all students um, struggled through this. Some of them actually even thrived through uh, being educated in a home setting or online. Um, uh, and, and so, but, but not all did. And so we looked for a way to do that, um, like I said, in an effective, an effective and um, efficient way. And that's what House Bill 2696, yeah, it, what it is is a grant opportunity for low-income families, um, specifically if, if families are uh, currently qualified for free or reduced lunches, they would be eligible for this grant. Um, and what it would do is it would give them the ability to apply um, and be able to use this money. It's $1,000 um, per student, um, and it's to be used for educational uh, purposes. Um, we also added into it, so, so things like curriculum or tutoring, um, some sort of equipment. We also added um, counseling to it through talking through through this uh, with some, some folks here in my district. We realized that 
that, you know, there are sometimes home is not the best place for a kid, uh, sadly, across the Commonwealth, and, and school is the safest place. So when we had students really stuck at home for, for multiple months on end, um, there, there's a lot of issues that, that are coming up. So counseling and helping them understand um, what has happened and where we're going from here is important. So we added counseling services to it. So it would give what we did was we, we really wanted to see how we could help these kids efficiently and working with the parents, because um, we've seen parents super engaged in, in their child's education now, which is an awesome thing. Um, we, we saw that um, and, and the benefits of it. And so we thought, you know, let's, they, they know their students the best. They know where the, their student might be struggling and, and they, can, uh, they can go ahead and, and be able to invest that money uh, wisely and in an efficient way. So that's what this bill did and does. And um, yeah, and it was, a, we, we had it scheduled for a vote this week um, and we were working through some of the issues with it. And um, it ultimately was pulled from the calendar. Uh, there's some still some work that we're gonna need to be doing on it, but I think that the structure of this bill and, and, and why it's important is still very relevant. I'm looking at uh, the press release that was sent out on Thursday from the Pennsylvania uh, State Education Association, and it says PSEA Rich, uh, pre, excuse me, PSEA President Rich Askey spoke out against state legislation that would divert hundreds of millions of Pennsylvania's Federal CARES Act money to unaccountable private schools and private educational services. And this is a quote from Askey. He says, a costly private and religious school program is the last thing Pennsylvania should be using COVID-19 relief money to fund. Uh, CARES Act funding is specifically intended to address expenses related to the pandemic. This proposal is a strategy to gain a foothold for future efforts to advance a pro-voucher agenda. How do you respond to that quote from Mr. Askey? Well, I mean, he, they hate um, any type of a voucher system, so they, they tend to find ways to um, kill or diminish or um, look for ways to stop any legislation that, um, that, that, that would be creative in how to help people, I think, um, especially in the education world. So anytime you can label something as voucher-like, that's what they labeled this as. Um, it, it, and then it just brings out all kinds of people to, to try and, you know, stop a bill like this. Um, and the unfortunate thing is they, when they call it voucher-like and then they refer, it, refer to it as a voucher bill, um, I would say that's misleading at best. Um, at its worst, it's a bold-faced lie about what the, what the legislation is. Um, and where I come from, you know, that's, we, don't, we don't act like that. We, we, we like to tell the truth. I think it's important. I think people need to know what it is and why it's important. And, you know, one of the things that what they were coming out against was we, we could put all kinds of restrictions on this. And we had put in there that uh, tuition was is part of, you know, some of the, the issues that, that people are facing. They, they have a hard, they might have a hard time um, paying for a tuition uh, assistance. So uh, we, we've been able to, we have that in the bill. It was actually the amendment that was brought up, took that out of the bill. Um, but ultimately, there's still some work we need to do and, and, and work on this bill and talk through it. But it was, yeah, I mean, they obviously, they, they hate the idea of it. I think the other thing that they said um, in a bunch of publications was that um, this is actually taking money from public school systems, which is 
a bold-faced lie as well. Um, this is CARES money. This is not, if everybody remembers the five-month budget, we, we funded, fully funded our school systems, which is, I voted for. It's important to do that. Um, but we do have this federal CARES money that's, that's available um, and, how, and it's for COVID-related expenses. So, you know, I, I have a, a lot of people in my district that, that all of a sudden, you know, are looking for ways to help their kids because of what COVID has done to their education. And I would say helping those kids is important. One thing that we've covered a lot at Delaware Valley Journal is the uh, the, the creation of these uh, homeschooling pods, uh, you know, where people maybe get four or five children together, and then they'll put a, a single tutor or a single teacher with those kids uh, if they're doing, you know, some learning from home or something. I wanted to read a little bit of a USA Today opinion piece for you. This actually came up. Uh, this was written in mid-August. Uh, the opinion writer's name is Tara Cholowski. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize if I'm not, but uh, I think you'll see where I'm going with this. The, the headline is, Privileged Parents Form COVID Pandemic Pods That Widen Education Gaps. We Can Do Better. And she starts off by saying, I, I saw this fancy car that appeared to be picking up a, a kid from a pandemic pod, which, if you're not familiar, is a small cluster of families who pool resources to hire a private tutor. And she goes on to say, I'm not the first to point out that pods are emblematic of educational inequality in the United States. It's a winner-take-all approach with privileged, often mostly white students hoarding academic and social gains and further segregating our K-12 systems. This hypocrisy is why pod parents make me so angry. If black lives matter, doesn't that include black children? What about black futures? Why I read that to you is it, it sounds to me as though the the problems you are trying to address uh, go to the heart of what this opinion writer is is sort of complaining about because again uh, it's the 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 thousand dollar credits are not to every uh, student household they're to the ones that are uh, as you said that, that qualify for the free or reduced student lunch program I, I mean am I am I reading that wrong you're exactly you're right, Todd. This was designed 100% for low-income families who qualify for free or reduced lunch programs. That's kind of the benchmark that we started with. Um, obviously, we, we wouldn't ever have ever been able to do this for every student across the Commonwealth. We wouldn't right. have that. There's not that. We would have used all of the CARES money. So we tried to look at where the most uh, impact has been, and it's our it's our extremely rural kids and our inner city kids. And that's why Representative Danilo Burgess is on this bill with me as number two on the bill. Um, and he's, because he, re, he represents a portion of Philadelphia. And in conversations that him and I have had about this, you know, that's where we're seeing it. These students, um, you know, could really use this and it could be a big uh, benefit to getting them back on a path to success. That's what, the whole conversation with education prior to COVID was pathways to success. How do we get kids on a path? And it's going to look different for each and every kid. That of was course. the conversation that we've always had. And, and it's important. So, so how, do we, how do we take that and, and realize that each kid's pathway was interrupted? How do we zero in and help that child get back, you know, on that path to success? And, and I think that um, our, the parents and guardians are the ones that are noticing you know, where their students might be struggling. And if it's, so here's a, here's a prime example. So 
if a student, you know, in this whole process really struggled with English, you know, through the pandemic here, and and let's let's face it, there are a lot of kids that are being edu- still being educated online. In fact, probably a vast majority. Right. But they there's just something that they're not seeing how it's it, how it all aligns with English. Now, math they're getting everything's working fine in their math, you know, classes or their science classes, but how do, it's just not making sense in the English. Well. Guess what? You know what this would have done is we could have said to to that that parent, hey, if your son or daughter, if Johnny's struggling with um, with, and you're in the class, you you qualify, you could use this grant to specifically help a tutor help Johnny with English, English alone, and then and, and he's doing great and everything else. So let's get him, let's make sure he doesn't miss out on the English piece of this. And they could, you know, I had a teacher that reached out to me yesterday and said, hey, how's it going with this bill? You know, they, they were looking forward to it because they would actually qualify. Pennsylvania teachers would qualify to be a tutor through this. So they could actually, you know, parents could reach out to a teacher and say, hey, you know, Johnny's really struggling with English. Can you help him? I can apply for this grant and I can actually set up, we could set up a payment program to help you help Johnny, you know, and it would have been great for teachers too. So it's really looking for ways to get creative about helping kids specifically with areas that are being affected by COVID, where Johnny may not have struggled with English because he was in the classroom, you know, so because he he, he just, he, uh, uh, you know, can really connect with the teacher in a better way in the classroom. So that's what this is. That's what you know, this was designed to do. Um, it's, of course, you know, discouraging that people want to paint it in a light that's different than that just to try and kill it. And and I think we we try to get creative. We have to get creative of how we, we educate our kids, you know, and, and our, our school districts and our teachers have done that over the last several weeks and months through this pandemic. This is just another creative idea to continue to zero in and help these kids. Sure. I mean, you're talking about the original ideas were to be, you know, we the, the original creativity and flexibility had to come in on the delivery side. Now you're talking about creativity on the funding side. So the last question is, sir, uh, I mean, obviously you've alluded to this uh, in our conversation already, is that the bill was pulled. Give us a quick rundown of what, what were some of the steps that led up to that and then a, a quick idea of what's next and, and how people can keep an eye on this, on this issue going forward. Yeah, there was a, a big push uh, from the, the folks that don't like this creative idea. Um, and there was a big push to try and um, defeat this bill in committee. Um, and so there was a lot of pressure that, were, that was put on members. Um, and you know, I, I think that um, at the end of the day, uh, we 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 want to definitely get this done in a in a way. And let's face it, you know, we have to talk through issues with people and figure make sure people are comfortable with it. Um, this all kind of happened pretty quick as it was brought on the calendar, and we we want to make sure that we our members and all the members across the Commonwealth that that, that are representatives have a good understanding of what this bill is and what it does and how it will help their families. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the pause button was pressed, you know, on this yesterday in committee. Um, it still can be brought up um, at, at another meeting. Uh, I think that the, the folks that hate this bill and hate these types of creative ideas on how we can help kids, they, they are saying they defeated the bill. I had a reporter reach out to me yesterday and, you know, he was told that it was defeated. Well, it never even came up for a vote. 
So I don't know how you can defeat something if it's never even come up for a vote. So I think that being honest with the people of the Commonwealth and honest of what, what this bill is and does and how it will help families is so important. And um, it matters where I come from that we, that we, that we are honest with folks and, and what the, exactly the bill does and, and not being afraid of creative ideas. I think that's, that's what this is, uh, is, is and, it, and what it could be for students and for, for parents and for teachers, really. He is Representative Clint Owlett, representing Bradford, Potter, and Tioga Counties. Representative, uh, I know you've probably got a lot more to get back to. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk to someone uh, in your position when you know the, the legislature's in session. So we greatly appreciate your time. Thanks very much, and we hope to have you back sometime uh, later to talk about how the bill fares later on down the road. Thank you. Thanks for having me.